Hi, I'm Supriya Chanira, and you're listening to Espresso Chai. Today, I'm thrilled to introduce you to a dear friend of mine. Her name is Jamie. Jamie is a holistic health coach, a wild adventurer at heart, and a true seeker of life. She'll be talking to us today and sharing her stories about all things that truly connected her with her mind, her body, and her spirit. Hey, Jamie. Hi, Steve. How's it going? It's going really good. Still here in Bali. Still here in Bali, which <laughs> is going to bring me to my first question. <laughs> Jamie, my neighbor, my trainer in LA, decided to pack her bags one day and go to Bali. What happened? <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Um, but to really answer that question, I have to go back to probably like 2017. 2017, I was working for the Dodgers. I worked in Major League Baseball for about 11 years overall with the Braves, the Yankees, and and last with the Dodgers. And it was there that I started to go through that experience of waking up, right? Realizing that I'm working really hard, putting in all of my energy for something that really, really wasn't my own. And while I loved it, there was a lot of things going on at the time. I was wanting to start competing in CrossFit and I was working out really hard. I was working really hard. I was maintaining relationships. And on the outside, everything was great. As if you asked me back then if I was stressed, I'd be like, no, everything's great. Like, I got this. But my body was telling a very different story. And at this time, I got sick. I had rashes all over my body that doctors couldn't explain. And I was basically told, just wait it out. Um, Your test results are seemingly normal enough. It's just, you know, something autoimmune, maybe. Well, during this time, too, I started to see a holistic healthcare provider that really changed my life. And I also got my first trainer that that changed my life there, too. And through working with them, I got to understand my body a lot more, understand that my mind and my body wasn't really talking. Um, I was working from my brain, from my mind for everything. I wasn't feeling. I wasn't using my heart. This led me to want to leave baseball and leave this career that I built to help other women that were about to face this burnout. So it was women that were a lot like me that were going through really similar stuff. They were getting to this advanced level in their career and they look around and they're like, I'm not fulfilled. Like, I don't feel anything. Like it all looks great on the outside, but on the inside, there's not really a lot there. So that's when I left baseball, became a trainer, had a really, really great few years training. And then I've gotten to the point through COVID, which a lot of us had just really started to question, you know, is this, is this all there is? Could I be doing more? Could I help people in another way? And it was with those thoughts and those ideas that led me to kind of explore that, I think, more in Bali. It's interesting you say that, Jamie, because we trained, we started to train while I was at Equinox. And I Mm -hmm. I just have to say that you are by far the best trainer anyone can have. I remember the questions you used to ask me were less about like, this is what I want you to do to build a better body. I remember the first thing you'd always ask me is, Soups, have you slept? (laughs) Like, have you got enough rest? 
why are you doing this to yourself? And then you would mm-hmm. plan my workouts. But that said, you made a big shift right before COVID, right? You decided to leave Equinox, you decided to go independent, and then COVID hit. How much of this journey of, say, moving to Bali, or what you called waking up, has to do with that as well? That's a really good question. I It was so funny. My last day at Equinox, I had put in my two weeks notice, my last day was literally the day before gyms closed. And it was my plan to go completely private and build my private business, which I was very, very lucky. And I'm extremely grateful because during COVID, I was able to do exactly that. And I was probably more successful in that time than maybe I would have been otherwise, you know, who could say, but it was a really, really great opportunity to work with some really great people. So that was awesome. And it was almost like a fast track, like a masterclass to get me where I am now. I think if it weren't for COVID, I would still be like building and branding that business. And with COVID, it was like, okay, fast track, we did this. And now what? So we we're kind of looking for something, something more. And that prompted Bali. And that prompted Bali. So with Bali, I wanted to come out here last year when I had a friend, a dear friend from college, Keish, that was out here. It didn't happen because of COVID and he and his uh, wife ended up moving back to Miami, but it's always been on my radar and I've always had a, a calling here. I don't know what it is. It's just something It keeps coming back to me. And Keish even told me, he was like, you will not be the same. Like once you go to Bali, like it's magic. So yeah, I got my visa back in the fall and I left right before the borders actually closed. So when I get off the plane in Jakarta, I'm thinking that I am going to another terminal to get on my flight to actually come to Bali, right? No. I'm grouped along with this group from my plane and we're going toward a bus. So I'm trying to ask like, oh, is this bus taking us to another terminal? And someone says something about quarantine. And I'm like, that's not me. (laughs) I finally find some some other um, American girls and they are like, yeah, we're going to quarantine in the hotel for like six days. And I'm like, oh, you are? That's great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But lo and behold, I ended up on that bus. At a hotel, quarantining for six days. I had no idea this was um, this was going to happen quite like it did. I wasn't prepared for it, and it was really interesting because it was six days of being in a hotel with very limited contact with other um, people. We would see others when we'd go out for our PCR tests, for our COVID tests, and the folks would bring us food and everything like that. But it was a really kind of jarring experience to begin with because I wasn't prepared to have essentially a six-day silent meditation retreat. (laughs) And in an alien country. You haven't been to Asia before this, have you? (laughs) I had been to uh, Japan when I was in high school, but not as an adult, not traveling alone. I wasn't I wasn't really prepared for that. I wasn't prepared for everything that comes along with that. And I actually had I had seen you a couple of days before and you were preparing me a little bit for that, right? <laughs> well, we all know how that night went. <laughs> may or may not have had a little panic attack, but it's cool. <laughs> I'm just going to say the movie was great. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, six days in a hotel, not knowing what's coming next, 
What did you go through? What was that for you mentally? So mentally, it was really difficult to begin with because they made it very clear that we weren't to leave our rooms. I was having a difficult time communicating with the front desk for just little things that I needed. You know, they were supposed to be bringing food and stuff like that. Also to get our COVID test scheduled. It was all really difficult to do over phone. And I really felt like I could not like get what I needed. Um, I didn't feel support from any direction there. And then I felt so far from home because it's basically a 12 or so hour difference. So it was, oh, and my internet, my Wi-Fi was horrible. <laughs> so I was like truly by myself. I had a couple really great workbooks that I was working on for New Year's, like intentions and that kind of stuff. So I really just went inside and did a lot of meditating, some workouts in my, uh, I can want to call it apartment, in my hotel room that was very small. And then as days went by, I started to realize that I could like order out food and figure out little things that that really made my comfort level like much better. I'm so glad that part is over though, because it's something even I didn't prepare you for. <laughs> so <laughs> what happened next? So next I get to Bali, I get to Chengdu and I'm here for about a week and it's raining every day and I'm starting to doubt like Jamie, what are you doing here? You know, you're here. It's rainy season. I'm really glad looking back that I was in Jakarta for a week because it allowed me to acclimate to the time difference, to the food, to the language. It was really a blessing in disguise. And looking back, thinking of it now, I'm like, oh, that was nothing. But during the time, it was it was no joke. Um, I get here, Chenggu, go up to Ubud because I was very curious about this uh, part of Bali. It is essentially the spiritual center of Bali. And as I was up there, I decided to go into a fast. I decided originally to do a 24-hour fast. So I really love fasting. I started back in, I've played on and off with it. I've gotten a little more serious about it since last November. My friend Joey, when I was visiting Hawaii, is quite a faster and really helped me out and encouraged me and taught me a lot about it. And so I decided I'm going to do it. So let's talk about that for a bit. Uh-huh. Being intrigued by fasting, essentially depriving yourself of food. Why? So I like to do a, a water fast and sometimes add in some um, caffeine-free herbal teas. So some people like a juice fast. I like, I like to go about this way of fasting. A lot of people will do something called intermittent fasting, which is when they don't eat for about 16 hours, do eat for eight, or any kind of equation to that. So there's a lot of different things that it can do for your body. And for me and for what I was looking for at this time was help with my digestion. Because coming here, getting to new foods, it was just really tough on my digestion. And another thing for me is I feel everything in my stomach. So like I talked about when I was with the Dodgers and then working then, like I had a very difficult time with that body mind connection. And now I feel like I'm just I'm much more aligned. And I can feel when I'm when I'm off. And I really feel it in my body when when I'm stressed or, or whatever the case is. So for me I wanted to I wanted to give myself some space um, and time just to really center in and ground into where I am. So for me it was really it started with the idea with digestion. Another thing for me, though, 
is anytime that I'm going through something hard, maybe tough, like mentally or emotionally, I turn to fasting too. Even if it's just intermittent fasting, it really helps me to clear my mind. And I thought that this would be a good time too, because essentially I'm starting what is seemingly to be a new life here. I wanted to really like dig into myself and make sure that I am, I'm listening to myself. So that's why I began this 24 fast or 24 hour fast. So you say 24 hours. So (laughs) I spoke to you twice during this trip. Once when you got quarantined, which was crazy. And the second time I spoke to you, you said you, you just finished fasting for 72 hours. Yes. So how did you add those two extra days, Jamie? (laughs) Well, we're going to get pretty personal here. (laughs) Are you ready? Always. So when I was in Los Angeles, I had, um, I started, I had gotten into colonics. Colonics are essentially, have you ever heard of a colonic? No, I haven't. Okay. So essentially it is a, you all call it a treatment where, <laughs> where essentially you are getting your, um, like colon cleansed. So essentially, that means that there is warm liquid or some other water or some places have different kinds of like liquid that essentially go into the rectum, cleans through the colon, also it moves stuff from the liver, a lot of different like movement pieces through the colon and discretes those. So that means that it is getting rid of different um, like toxins, but like old gunk that's literally holding you down. So I had found a practitioner here in or in Ubud and I saw her during I think it was the first day of the of the fast and she encouraged me to just keep fasting. And I was like, well that sounds like a horrible idea. <laughs> but at this point I had never done more than a 24-hour fast. And she was like, no, if you continue to do these fasting, especially while we're doing these three treatments, it's really going to make a really big difference and just see what comes up. And she said, you know, if you want to do raw food, something like that. But being who I am. The overachiever, Jamie. (laughs) (laughs) We won't say the overachiever. We'll just say the the one that just wants to like push limits, test it out, see what works. As a personal trainer, I love to experiment on my body. I love to know what I'm capable of. I love to know what bodies do. But also lined up perfectly at this time is my man, Ross, was on, had began a fast too. So he was, I think that he was planning the whole time to do a, a three day, which I think he ended up going a little bit longer, but that was when I told him that I thought I was going to continue fasting. He was like, awesome. It was so nice to have a partner to do this with because it was, it was wild. So let me tell you about it. So I get in 24 hours done. Not so bad. Getting into day two, it was like, Every emotion I have ever had in my life (laughs) bubbled to the surface. Things that I thought that I had dealt with a long time ago were back. It was such an emotional experience. It was way more emotional than physical. There were definitely times where I was a little hungry, obviously. Drank water and some peppermint tea and that kind of stuff. I kept my movement pretty light, was doing a little bit of yoga and walking, um, not in my typical workout routine. Um, But I wasn't ready for that. I was not ready to feel all the things that popped up. Do you want to talk about anything that popped up? I 
think to be vague, there are things that we all go through. There are things that we do that we're not proud of. And I have given myself grace and I've forgiven myself for so many things. Things that, as we all know, like we carry things with us that are not our fault. We carry things with us that that we make our fault. And there are some of those kind of things that I've been carrying for a long time. And and it was such a freeing experience to be able to sit down with these emotions and sit down with myself and and yes, give myself more grace, more forgiveness. But at the end of the day, say, like, fuck, Jamie, this isn't even yours. This isn't yours. There's so many things we carry that aren't ours. And to be able to let those go, magic. I think it's incredible that you kept going despite all of that emotional turmoil that you were going through. And that's my overachiever, Jamie, who would keep going. (laughs) The minute I hit that roadblock, I would have been like, okay, where's my burger? But you kept going. You you still wanted to push yourself um, and see where that could take you because this was 48 hours in, right? Right. And I just wanted to, I just wanted to sit with it. And that's what I felt like I did there. We run to so many different distractions. What I found in this fast too, is that food, like, yes, we know it's a distraction, but my God, we think about it so much during the day. Even when we're not thinking about it, we're thinking about it. It freed up so much space in my mind that I filled it <laughs> with everything else. But honestly, we do. It's such a distraction. And it was very interesting to see what happens when that distraction is gone. What happens when you can't, you know, go do these hard workouts to put your brain in a different place because you literally you don't have the energy and it's not safe to do it. When you have no other choice but to sit with yourself to go deep within your heart, it can be really, really scary and you don't know what you're going to find. And I think a lot of people, they don't want to go there. But once you do, there's so much freedom on the other side. And I, I really would love, like fasting, start small, obviously. I definitely recommend it, but start with a 12 hour, maybe then you go to that 16 to 18, maybe 20, 24. Don't step right into a 72 hour fast. Your body and your mind will hate you. <laughs> but I definitely recommend it. And I think it's something that's completely overlooked when it comes to that, that spiritual and emotional component too. It's interesting that you're saying that because um, Skanda and I just started intermittent fasting. It's been, it's been two weeks. And it's almost like it's given us an extra thing to talk about because before going to bed, we're talking about how hungry we are. So we (laughs) spend an hour talking about how hungry we are and now we need to put ourselves to sleep. But honestly, I think one of the things that obviously prompted it was, was you, which always is when it comes to our body and our mind. And I think the other thing is I was actually watching this study recently which spoke about reverse aging and how fasting actually helps you alter your body and it in many ways reverse ages you. That said, do you think, Jamie, that it's about doing it once in a while? It's Is it about building a constant habit in your life? When does it actually start to benefit you? So for me, I stick with intermittent fasting most of the time around a, that 16-hour window. I like to do a 24-hour, maybe 
in a perfect world every couple of weeks. Um, a big fast, I would probably only do a few times a year. <laughs> like maybe only a couple of weeks. <laughs> no, no, no. I would a 24 hour fast, maybe like once every couple of weeks. But a big fast, um, like something anywhere between three and five days. Like that's not something I would I would do so regularly. Maybe like twice a year, maybe three times a year. My next one, I do know I want to get into a five day fast. I don't know when that will be coming up. Probably in the next month or so, because when I feel like right now I'm at a place where I am making some big life decisions, um, some big changes, and I need to really sit with myself and really like go in deep and. And these fasts, you know, it has been such an opportunity for me to do that. Amongst all the other amazing health benefits, um, like you talked about with the reverse aging, like there's so many benefits. I definitely encourage people to look it up. Um, again, not stepping straight into a long fast, but like little steps, it makes a huge difference. So going back to what you said about big life decisions, <laughs> the third time I spoke to you during this trip, you jumped off a cliff and that wasn't so great. And I was so worried. What happened? So I had gone to, gosh, okay. So this was January 31st. So this was basically a month into Bali. I was at a, um, at this waterfall trip. It was me and six friends and we had gone to this place, these most beautiful waterfalls and, there was a opportunity where you could go sliding down some of them. They had jumps that you could um, do. And I had decided very quickly that I wanted to do a 17 meter jump, essentially off of a cliff waterfall um, into the water. And it all happened so quickly. My mind was so ready and so excited for it. I am such an adventurous person and I, have I have been looking for the perfect cliffs for a while. And um, as I went to jump, I ran off the side to jump, I slipped. And as I slipped, my body positioning went from that of a pencil to that of basically the highest belly flop you've ever seen. As I was in the air, I could not, I, it was so, it was such slow motion in the air and I, could not get my position and I was talking to myself like Jamie you've got to get your chest up you've got to get your chest up but there was there was no way and um, I knew I was going to impact um, and I did and I hit with my chest first and my my head went back and uh, my teeth clamped and as soon as I hit the water I passed out so the impact from essentially 50 feet a 50 feet fall on your chest into water, hard surface. And um, I passed out. There were two men that were already in the water and they had swim over to me. And during this time, I've never had any kind of near-death experience. I've never had a um, out-of-body experience until this day. I, I saw myself. I saw myself from above. I'm looking down and I see two men that have turned me over and that are just yelling at me saying, you've got to wake up, you've got to wake up, you've got to wake up. And I'm just watching and I can see how heavy my body is. I can see how they're holding me up and I can see my expression is just blank. And I 
felt when I went from the being above me to myself. And I began to cough and I began to like get all this water out of my lungs, but then realizing that like my lungs aren't really working because I think they were just collapsed from just hitting so hard. And so I'm trying to ask what happened. At the same time, I noticed that um, my mouth feels different. My mouth feels funny. My, my teeth feel different. And so I'm trying to ask like, what happened? What happened? And they pull me up off the side and I'm not able to walk and nothing is, is making sense. Um, and then I realized that I, I chipped one of my teeth and that was so important to me at the time. Um, and they were just trying to bring me back. And it was such, such a wild experience because it happened so fast, but so slow at the same time. I don't even know what to say. That's, that's scary. You're brave. I'm just so glad you're okay. Ah, that must have been something else. It was. And the thing is, I was there with friends, but but I felt so alone because it was it was just such I don't know, it just felt so so alone and like no one could understand and I just I had to keep moving though because you know, I had to get up all these stairs and through the, like to the top of the waterfalls and it was just it was so tough, but the way that I operate is I just kind of keep moving. I just keep moving. Like it, that happened. Well, I just got to keep moving. And so I did, I kept moving and I was seemingly fine enough. And we got back to town from the waterfall trip and I was just really tired. And, um, so I went to sleep, which I'm sure is not the, what I should have done. Next day I woke up and I went and I was feeling surprisingly okay-ish, just like my chest was really, there was a lot of pain in my chest and pain in my neck. And I went to an urgent care who then took me to a hospital, which was an absolutely incredible experience here in Bali. And I was really impressed by their system and and how well they took care of me. They did x-rays. The doctor suspected broken ribs. I was suspecting like problems with my lungs, like fluid. But after looking at the x-rays and everything. I got total clearance from them. So essentially, I landed flat on my face and my chest from 50 feet. And I had no broken bones, no internal damage. Um, I definitely had muscle soreness. I have a little bit of a chip on a tooth. Um, but I walked away from something that that people could die from, that people break their backs, break their necks. Like I have no idea how I walked away from that. Even even while you were sharing the story, which is devastating in so many ways, what you said was, I'm someone who keeps moving. So you were still trying to figure it out. You still remember everything that happened, everything that you went through. You kept going, which is why you're Jamie. You're incredible. <laughs> well, I, so that was about, what, 18 or 19 days ago. And within that time, I have given myself a little time to sit with this. At first, it was really hard to talk about. It was really hard to be in that in that space and remember what happened. I actually tried to do a free diving course the next weekend. And as we were doing the breath work, I know, I know. As we were doing the breath work, though, to prepare for it, I really started to feel the emotion of the fall. And I 
started to panic and I wasn't able to go through with the free diving course because I couldn't, it, all the emotions finally came out. And so it was at that point that I reached out to my therapist that I have not been seeing for some time and was like, okay, <laughs> Jamie's got to get in therapy on this because it is, it was such a pivotal moment in my life. I think that I don't know what, what is going to come from this, but I know that I'm forever changed from it. And I know that there's a lot of work to work through, like emotionally and spiritually on that level. But it was a really, um, it was really big for me. I can only imagine. And um, well, you're a superwoman. And more importantly, <laughs> I'm just, I, I'm just so glad you're okay. I am too. I am too. But to be honest with you, looking back, I would have made the same decision again. I would have jumped. Like, I would have jumped. There's no way I would not have jumped. Oh, I don't question that for a minute. You're Jamie. (laughs) (laughs) Which brings me to the other big news that you shared with me right before we got on. Uh, What started off as, bye soups, I'm going to be in Bali for a month, to, hey soups, I don't think I'm coming back. Well, Soups, um, I did decide to come out here for a month. It turned to two months. It's turning to three months. Um, I think I have a lot to learn here. And I think that I think that my next calling might not might not be in LA. So I am um playing with the idea of staying in Bali indefinitely. Okay, I'm not very excited about that. But that's just me being <laughs> selfish. But wow. So Jamie, tell me, so much has happened in the last two months since you've moved and now you're planning to live in Bali. I I can't even put into words everything that you must have experienced. If there are three things that say you want to give me advice on with everything that's happened to you, what would you tell me? First thing would be to do it scared. And what I mean by that is there's so many things in life that we're scared to do, period. Whether that is taking a jump literally off a cliff, or whether it's moving somewhere new, maybe it's even walking into a different gym or meeting new friends. Like, you're going to be scared. Just do it scared. There's no other way around it. You're, you're not going to unscared your way out of it. That's just going to prohibit you from doing it. So my first First thing would be, if you're scared, just do it anyway. Second thing would be that it all starts within. It all starts within your heart. It's a mind, body, spirit practice. And and you've got to listen to your heart. You've got to sit with yourself. You've got to give yourself time. You've got to give yourself space. And number three would be to ask for help. When you need support, when you need When you need help, ask for it. People are out there. They want to help. They want to be part of your story. They want to know your story. They want to hear your story. Share it. Share it and ask for help from those that that can. I mean, in any way, because I remember even, it's like the little things, like me reaching out for my therapist. Like, I know I need help right now. Can you help me? Instead of trying to process this alone. Like, yes, I could probably process this alone. It's going to take me a lot longer. It's going to be a little more difficult. I need support, period. And it helps me by talking about this because the more I can talk about it, the more that 
more that I'm, I'm like healing that piece. And healing everyone around you. Yes. Yes. Jamie, thank you so, so, so much for sharing so much. I know it wasn't easy. That was a lot. <laughs> no, I, it's, it's incredible because a lot of what you went through was incredibly personal. I know that you took time to digest it before you wanted to talk about it. But thank you for sharing it because I think all of us need that constant reminder that we're not alone. It's okay to be scared and we should be able to reach out for help. Thank you so, so much. Thank you, Sue. Lots of love.